This is Frequently Asked Questions Bible Edition. I'm Pastor Greg Davis from First Baptist Church of Cashin. I'm here with Dr. Ishwarn Mudliar, and we're here to answer your frequently asked questions. So Dr. Mudliar, today I'm gonna to start in Genesis chapter six, verses one through five, and I'm gonna shoot the question to you and have you answer this. Genesis six, one through five says, now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they were born, they bore children to them those who were mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we're talking about frequently asked questions. One question when a person starts to read the Bible and you're not very far into it in Genesis chapter six is this Nephilim and sons of God. And the internet just goes wild with this. Can you answer who those two groups of people were? Yes, well, in context, this is right before the flood, the great flood in Noah's day. And this appears to be the climax or the last straw for God before judgment comes on the earth. This is a, a very gross sin. And you began to read in verse five, the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that's the reason for the flood. And Noah was the only one found um, righteous in God's sight. So this, passage, when it says sons of God, sons of God in the Old Testament, it only occurs a handful of times. It occurs here, a couple of times here, and then once in Job chapter 1, 1 verse 6, and 2 verse 1, and then again in Job 38 verse 7. Well, based on the usage of the word sons of God in these passages, sons of God refers to angels, and in this case, fallen angels. I'd like to first clarify that it shouldn't be a surprise for us to see or read of angels here in Genesis chapter 6 because angels were created on the first day and in Genesis 2 1 to 3 uh, all that God made in the heavens and the earth were completed by the sixth day and it even says and all their hosts mm -hmm. so whoever and whatever dwelt in heaven and on the earth were created at that time by Genesis 3:24, we have the cherubim with the flaming sword right there at the entrance of the Garden of Eden to guard the way into it. So angels are already mentioned early in the book of Genesis. And they're also mentioned later in the time of Abraham. There were three men, and two of those three men are later called angels in Genesis 19, verse 1. Two angels proceeded on to meet Lot in the city of Sodom. Um, angels are not foreign to the book of Genesis, so it shouldn't be a surprise for us to see sons of God as referring to angels. Now let me show more specifically that sons of God has to be angels. And let's go to Job. Right. Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1 and verse 6. Job 1, 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. They come to present themselves before God. 
Obviously, Satan is the ruler of the demons, and therefore these sons of God who come to present themselves have to be angels, and they are coming before the Lord to receive their commission from God as to what they should do. It occurs again in chapter 2, verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And one more place, this will show conclusively that we have to be speaking of angels. That's Job 38. Right. Let me get there. Job 38. Our verse is verse 7. We'll start at verse 1, however. Job 38, 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. All the sons of God also called morning stars shouted for joy when God laid the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. When God laid the foundation of the earth, men were not created yet. He's not talking about men. He's talking about angels because they were created on day one, according to Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 2-1-3. All the hosts of heaven were created on that first day. They were created before God laid the foundation of the earth. And that's why they are shouting for joy when they begin, uh, when they see the beginning of God's creative work on the earth. Yes. Okay, so sons of God, the plural, sons of God. That phrase uh, is exclusively used of angels in the Old Testament. Now, let's go to Jude in the book of Jude. Jude verse 7. Actually, we'll start at 6. Jude 6. Jude 6 and 7. I'm almost there. Give me one second. Jude. Jude 6. And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these, indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. In verse 6, angels have fallen, they abandoned their proper abode. And in verse 7, Jude compares the fall of these angels to the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was sodomy or homosexuality, men with men. And that's very clear from Genesis 18 and 19. Yes. Well, Jude says that when a man is with another man in sexual immorality, then it is gross immorality and they go after strange flesh. It's called strange because men were not supposed to be with other men, but with their wives, with women. And in the same way, in verse 6, angels are not supposed to cohabit or have marital relations with women on the earth, the daughters of men from Genesis 6. They're not supposed to do that. So it would have been strange flesh for them too and gross immorality. Jude, in verse 7, he is comparing verses 6 and 7 because he says, notice the pronouns, since they, verse 7, since they in the same way as these. 
They, in verse 7, refers back to the angels of verse 6, and these, in verse 7, refers to the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. So angels did wrong by <coughs> having relations with women, and then Sodom did wrong by men having relations with other men. So they sinned grossly. That's the way Jude takes it. Now, the moment you hear that, angels having marital relations with women, we have the objection, well, angels, they are spirits, aren't, are they not? Hebrews 1.14, are they not ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? And according to Christ in Luke 24, 36 to 39, he says, handle me and see that a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have flesh and bones. So a spirit is intangible without any physical properties. So that's true. The normal natural state of angels is to be spirits. And I was going to say to you that one of the most second frequently asked questions is how does an angel have a relationship yes. with a human? Yes. Well. Notice that in Genesis chapters 18 and 19, the three men who appear, they eat a meal with Abraham. Abraham and Sarah prepared a meal for them, and they ate a meal, which means they took upon a physical body to eat the food in the presence of Abraham. And then two of them proceeded on in chapter 19 to go to the house of Lot, and the men of Sodom wanted to have sexual relations with those men, and Lot tried to prevent that, right? Which means it was possible. The men thought it was possible, the Sodomites thought it was possible, Lot thought it was possible, and even the men thought it was possible, the angels in human form, because they struck the men of Sodom with blindness to prevent any of that sin yeah. happening. So the sexual relations part is possible based on Genesis 18 and 19, and the partaking of food part is possible. Furthermore, Hebrews 13.2 says, Let us show hospitality to strangers, for some have entertained angels without knowing it. Well, if Christians are showing hospitality to strangers, and that would mean partaking of the Christian's food, residing or staying overnight in the Christian's house, they're going to have physical properties. They're going to be physical beings. And so it's not difficult to understand that angels, being supernatural beings, they can assume a body and do those kinds of things. And even Satan is able to do some of those same things. And so that's the sons of God being angels. But the Nephilim, that now, question. Now, before yes. you get to that, I want to go back to Genesis 6 with you. Yes. Um, I've heard that Nephilim were the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men, and that they're giants. Is there anything to that, or is there some explanation you can give us with that? Yes, actually they are giants. Um, the Greek Old Testament of this passage renders th this, th th this uh, word as giants. Okay. It actually does. Well, that's an ancient interpretation. If you're translating from Hebrew to Greek in 250 to 150 BC, then before the time of the incarnation of Christ and the apostles, that's a Jewish understanding of what the Hebrew text means. So they rendered it giants there. At least um, one of the versions of the Greek Old Testament did so. Um, let's go to Numbers 13 to answer that question about the giants. 
Numbers 13. Remember Moses sent 12 spies to, to spy out the land of Canaan for 40 days? And they returned. Ten of them came with a bad report. They were demoralized and they demoralized the rest of the soldiers. But two of them had a, a good report. Well, a part of the bad report, we pick it up at verse 33. Numbers 13:33. The ten spies are saying, There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are a part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Remember back in Genesis 6, it says, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. In those days before the flood and also after the flood, they were on the earth. We don't know how they were on the earth after the flood. The Bible does not explain. But the Bible does say in Numbers 13, in the time of Moses, that they were there in the land of Canaan. And they terrified the ten spies. It says the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are a part of the Nephilim. So of the descendants of the Nephilim, the Anakim were a part of it. And we can read more about this in, in Deuteronomy chapters 2 and 3. The other inhabitants, uh, other families or descendants of the Nephilim are mentioned there as well. So they did exist. And also one more thing, the term Nephilim means fallen ones. Fallen ones. And if it means fallen angels fallen into sin, it makes sense according to the context of Genesis and also Numbers. Now, is that the Hebrew meaning of the yes. word? Okay. Yeah, that's the Hebrew meaning of the word Nephilim. Okay. Now, one last question, unless you want to wrap up with something. Did the church fathers interpret the text this way? Yes, many of them did. Okay. Many of them did. Not all of them, but many of them did. And even ancient Jewish interpretations, it was not uncommon for them to also interpret the text this way. One example I just gave was at least one version of the Greek Old Testament renders Genesis 6 as giants. Okay. And then uh, would there be any connection, this is just something as we talked about frequently asked questions that ran through my mind, would there be any connection to Goliath uh, with these people since he was a, considered to be a giant? Would there be any connection there? Yes, because he lived in the land of Canaan. Okay. Yes, certainly. And if you read about his description in First Samuel 17. Which how tall is he? He, well, let's read it. Let's okay. read it. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 4. 1 Samuel 17, 4. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath. Now Gath was a city of the Philistines in the land of Canaan, whose height was six cubits and a span. If, six, if a cubit is 18 inches, so six cubits would be nine feet plus a span, which would be about another... Nine, nine inches, so about nine feet, nine inches would have been his height. Nine feet, nine inches. Yes. Certainly a giant. A giant, yes. Yeah. Well, Dr. Moodleyar, thank you for answering that frequently asked question from Genesis chapter 6. We appreciate you.